Welcome to The Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I am Ben. And I was gonna be like, flames on the side of my face, but I'm actually in a really good mood, so that doesn't apply. Uh, I don't have flames on the side okay, of my face right now. Okay, do you want me, should I think of something that will make you angry? Um, no, I don't No, I feel like that. we should, I can no. think of things no. that make you angry. Okay. And I'm gonna throw some at you. Okay, let's yes okay, and. All right, let's... Make me angry. All right. Make me angry, Benjamin. Um... You know all my buttons. Okay. I'm terrified right now. People on sidewalks who are slowing down for no discernible reason and you cannot get around them. Oh, that's like, that's your pet peeve. That's not my pet peeve. Okay. So Um, this is flames on the side of Benjamin's face. Yeah, I'm annoyed. I'm annoying myself. Just thinking about it. What other things send you into a blind rage? People who don't check their calendars before they make plans. Having already made plans with you. Oh. No, that doesn't make me angry. That just makes me be like, ah, classic Benjamin. <laughs> I'm going to... Okay, one more. Okay. Uh, people. People. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah, that seems... We're watching Clue. Yeah. This is... That uh, cult uh, comedy classic. Yeah, this is The Life Toyetics is a podcast about movies about toys. And the toy this week is the board game Clue, or Cluedo, as it is known in my homeland. What? The Cluedo. Fuck? Why is it called that? That's a great question. I think because the word clue is not trademarkable. Is it British slang for a some form of genitalia? I don't think. I think it will be after this podcast comes out. But no, I don't think. I think. I think it's more because clue is such a general word. It may also have been there was already something called clue. I don't. I, I did not look into it. But in the UK, it's called Cluedo. So uh, why? It's just like clue do yeah. like Play-Doh? It, well, it's Clue and then Dio. On the end. Is it yeah, all one Cluedo. word? Yeah, it's all one word, yeah. This is... I don't know what to do with that. I, this film was just released as Clue in the UK, though. I don't think it was called Cluedo. I'm but guessing. But the game itself was called... The game itself okay. was called Cluedo, um, which means that the British versions of, like, the Big Bang Theory Clue and Doctor Who Clue, which they could have just called Doctor Clue. I don't know why they didn't do that. Doctor Who-do. Yes. Sometimes I make a funny joke. You do a pretty good job Thanks. occasionally from time to time. So yeah, that's in the UK it's called Cluedo. Uh, the film, I believe, was just called Clue. This film was is from the 80s. 85? 85, yeah, the year before I was born. Wow. Um, famously flopped You in could the have theaters. been conceived to this. Uh, I think that is highly unlikely. Okay, never mind. I know... I think your mother told you the story. She did tell me too much. Okay. Too many specifics. We're going to leave... That there. Yeah, there's definitely kind of a... I'm not, I won't tell you how it begins, but it ends with a shotgun wedding. <laughs> um, but uh, the film came out in 1985, flopped spectacularly, and they actually filmed four different endings, three of which were used, but most people have seen it on, like, you know, t- TV or... Uh, on streaming services or and on video DVD. And they play all three endings. Yeah, they play all the endings back to back. But the way that the film was originally... This is not new information. We're not telling the listeners anything they don't already know. But when it was released theatrically, different theatres Each theatre got, got a different ending. Every single theatre. Did they know they that they were... They shot 85,000. <laughs> did they know that... Did the theatres know that they were each getting a different ending? Or you know, did... I don't know. Because I couldn't... T- I, I wasn't sure if they did that to, like, fuck with people or if this... 
that was just part of like the gimmick. I think yeah, I think it was the I think it was the gimmick. I think they wanted to do something that kind of tied into the board game mm-hmm. because the end the way you know the ending. Quote, I think unquote, it's a really game. clever idea. Yeah. And I think that I think you lose something by showing all the endings back to back. I think uh-huh. that's that's how ninety nine percent of the film's audience has has definitely yeah. digested this film. But I think going into a theater not knowing which ending you're going to get for the first time that must have been quite thrilling. Mm-hmm. I think if you didn't, if you knew there were multiple endings, or if you didn't know, because I don't think they told. If you didn't know, and then you were talking to your friend about it, yeah, and you would fight each other to the death, and then there'd be blood, that. blood yeah. on the hands of the directors, yeah. Uh, director uh, Jonathan Lynn. Who, Jonathan Lynn. Jonathan Lynn. Jonathan Lynn. If Jonathan, you will. Lynn uh, Jonathan Lynn Frakes um, was uh, his full legal name. That's not true. I made that up. He was a playwright who he also did a couple of British sitcoms called Yes Minister and Yes Prime Minister. Sounds kinky. It was kind of political satire, kind of uh, Veep before Veep, mm-hmm. as it were. And it was in part because of those sitcoms that Lynn was hired by John Landis to direct this movie. Mm-hmm. And he ended up ultimately co-writing the screenplay with Landis and making this brilliant, biting, this just wonderfully incisive... Wacky. yeah. Yeah, it kind of walks the line. I think this film is kind of a brilliant blend of, like, British and American mm-hmm. comedic sensibilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's why it didn't do so well in the US. I don't know. Why did it flop? Do you know? It seems to be widely regarded nowadays as... I don't know one. I don't know if it's one of the best com, but like it's a very well known, well loved comedy. Yeah, and I, I don't know what why it was not received that way. I I just think it just usually with films like this, I think it comes down to the. I think probably the marketing is mm-hmm. a big factor. Um, I did watch an '80s trailer earlier today. Yeah, and it was not a good trailer. It yeah. didn't make me want to watch more, except because I, I, I there were a bunch of famous people in there that I recognized. I was like, "Hey, yeah. is that guy from Clue? Oh, is yeah. that guy from Clue? Oh, he's using Clue. I remember seeing a. I recognize them all from the Muppet Show. <laughs> That's where I know all my late seventies, yeah. early eighties actors yeah. from. My feeling about trailers for movies from the like even good movies like if you've ever watched the trailer for the original Ghostbusters, it's a bad trailer. Mm-hmm. But that's because we've had much more. I think dynamic, interesting... I think we have different sensibilities yeah. as modern audiences when, when it comes to what we expect from a movie trailer. Yeah, I think trailers have changed movie, so much over yeah. time. I think if they were to do a version of Clue now, and I think they might be going mm-hmm. to have another crack at it, I think it would be shot very differently. Because this is shot almost like a play. Like mm-hmm. it's it's and, and it makes sense because Jonathan Lynn is a playwright. Like That's where he got his, his start. And the reason this film is kind of beloved now is because it flopped. Cable networks here in America, at least, were able to buy it or buy the rights to So everyone to grew up it. watching it, you know, when they were sick in bed on TV. Yeah, it'd be on during the day or it'd be on late at night. Mm-hmm. And because that the rights were so sense. cheap, they would just play it whenever. And that's where it kind of found its second life and became a cult classic. But yeah, it's one of those movies that kind of found its second life after the fact. And... There's something kind of magical about that. There's something I really like about a good movie that doesn't quite land in theaters, but is able to find and cultivate. It kind of transcends that because it has a longer life than maybe a movie that would have done really well at the time, but then kind of expired in some way. Yeah. And it's it's also one of those things where I I think that kind of thing doesn't happen so much anymore Mm. because films flop and then you hear that they flop. And then even if they appear on like Netflix or Hulu because the rights are going to cheap, 
you have to choose to watch it. It's yeah. not just going to be on. Not many people, like certainly not from I think our generation, um, have cable. Like, I know that we we both have YouTube TV, but I very rarely just throw it on to see what's on. Yeah, I I never have TV on mm. as background noise. I always deliberately choose to sit down and watch something if I'm going to watch yeah. something, which yeah. is just yeah, just something that's changed over the past five to ten years with streaming platforms that that's now something you can do yeah i don't know that a kind of a cult classic like clue can really happen in the current mm. entertainment ecosystem but we still get sleeper hits like the, the other thing that happens is a film opens does kind of badly in its first couple of weeks but then through word of mouth like generates. what happened with Juno. Yeah, that happened with Juno. Uh, the the big example I can think of from the nineties from my childhood is Waterworld. That was that film did really really badly. It did very badly. Yeah, but then it started to did it. It never made up. It it lost money in the end. Still, Waterworld was able to have a moderately successful theatrical run because people heard about it and went to see it. And it think, lives on as a Universal Studios Hollywood water attraction. Which is 8,000% better than the <laughs> film ever was. My mum loved Waterworld. Like, my mum and my dad, I think the, the reason... They got married. They got married, other than the fact that, you know, I was in the oven, is a shared love of just really Maybe shitty movies. Maybe you were conceived movies. to Waterworld. Well, that wouldn't the, work, because maybe they travelled forward in time... <laughs> A copy of a VHS cassette of Waterworld <laughs> fell, fell through, through a temporal <laughs> vortex. And they were like, wow, Kevin Costner. What's this? Wow, yeah. And so they did They did a sex and then I'm, I'm bored. <laughs> they were so excited over the prospect of time travel. Yeah. They were like, we have to celebrate. Yeah. But I, it's been, it's been years and years since I've seen Clue. I think yeah. I must have watched it when I was maybe a teenager. I've seen it once. So I I have very few recollections of this other than I know there are a lot of people in it that I will recognize. Yeah. From the Muppets. <laughs> mostly. I was first cuz I don't know that this movie is a cult classic in the UK. So I didn't see this movie until I moved here. Okay. I, I was uh, dating someone who said you have to watch Clue and then we watched Clue and I I loved it. Just kind of advanced warning this movie, we're probably going to give this a very, very positive rating at the end because That's it's kind of uh, well. It's the name of the scale for yeah. a game movie scale. Yeah, the Clue Battleship. The, the Clue Battleship scale. Yeah. And but my biggest fear is that we're going to watch it and then afterwards be like, you know, it wasn't as good as I remember it being. My worry is we're going to watch it and it's going to be just horrifically racist or or just something that's very of its time. Mm. Also some, a concern. Yeah, there's some stuff in Back to the Future. But we'll address it. We'll give you our trenchant insights because yeah. we are extremely qualified to talk with about very, racism. Very, very, it's two exceptionally white individuals. <laughs> with definitely, I don't think either of us could be any whiter. Yeah, I, I think that... Basically, we're just two human bounce cards trying to have a conversation about race. So hopefully we don't that's have That's not going to gonna happen. That. I'm almost certain that race doesn't come up in this movie. He said, as his last <laughs> words before shuffling off this mortal coil. Should we just should we just go watch this movie? Yeah, let's We've go watch of... it. I'm excited. I mean, yeah, it's this, nice. I'm really excited to have a movie that neither of us are dreading watching. And I think we need this for the coming year because there's a lot of stuff on our list. That there's is a lot not of stuff great. that's going to happen that we just need to kind of rally for. Yeah. So we're going to go away and watch Clue, and we'll be back after these moderately aged commercial messages. 
A detective has to be observant, cautious, and cool. When you play Clue, you have to figure out who did it. There are suspects, weapons, and scenes for a crime. Mr. Green did it in the study with a knife. Uh-uh, I got a Clue card. I know. It was Miss Scarlet in the conservatory with a candlestick. Wow! Elementary, my dear Betsy. Clue from Parker Brothers. We're back at Dinosaur Story. <laughs> it's the movie we actually watched. Yeah, so we're gonna I love talk about that, that Don Bluth stuff. Yeah, Don Bluth really nailed it with the... Uh, why has no one else thought to make a movie about dinosaurs returning in kind of the modern I don't know. Era? Yeah, that's kind of a blind spot yeah. in terms of s- stories that we've seen cinematically depicted. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, really, it feels like the kind of thing that you could build like a, like a visual effects heavy mm. movie franchise, like a full-on franchise. Yeah, like you could do like a whole trilogy or even like two trilogies definitely like yeah. there's a lot of material in yeah there. at the very least there's like five movies worth of content there Quite a lot some novels maybe theme parks theme park, a couple of video games yeah certainly rides we should get on this yeah i mean this is a, a killing billion dollar idea we just had we watched clue oh yeah we did that <laughs> yeah it was good I think we decided before we started yes. recording that we're not going to go through the plot beat by beat because that is a Herculean task that neither of us are up to right now. There is there is so much that happens. It's weird because it, it's it's such a dense plot. It's but- very dense. It's very... This is like a text-based film. This is yeah. a play, basically. So there's just a lot that happens. Yeah, it's like the Hitchhiker's Guide video game or Zork or something in that it is... There's so much. I would love to see a play adaptation of this, like a stage adaptation of this, where they did a different ending every night. Mm. That would be phenomenal. That may even have happened. I have no idea. But uh, before we started recording, I was looking at the Wikipedia entry for this movie. The Blu-ray, and I told you this before we started recording, but the Blu-ray has an option to have it just randomly pick an ending Mm -hmm. for you. But then there's also a, quote, home entertainment version like a the, the cut that everyone has seen that which shows all three yeah it's for me it's a little jarring to see all three and i remember the first time that i saw the for the first and only time that i saw this before today being kind of confused by that because i didn't know that that was the three endings yeah. like that they had been originally three basically separate films yeah i i, I think you can kind of see it in the way that they're cut together yeah, yeah, yeah. because the music cue kind of stops abruptly from yeah. when it transitions it's like they to just the dragged ending. and dropped it yeah. in there certainly i i definitely feel like in the home entertainment version, which is what I'm now going to call the version that we have watched, I feel like uh, the hev. Yes, the hev. The hev cut, uh, which is I'm going to be getting a hev cut later today, because <laughs> uh, you know my your it's little a bit shag- fluffy. your hair yeah. is standing straight, straight up, upwards, Tintin style right it's, now. It's just vertical. Mm-hmm. Uh, my hair is trying to ascend. It's it's yeah. it's, it's it's the hair rapture. A little closer to heaven. Yeah. Hence the hev cut. Yeah, hence yeah, the hev cut. Yeah, that's why it's called that. Uh, I do feel like, because there's already repeated jokes and dialogue in each yeah, ending, yeah, yeah. I feel like for the home inter- for the Hev cut, they, they probably cut more repetition out mm. for that cut, which ended up, you know, being shown on television and, you know, on video and DVD and, and what have you. I'm, that's just me speculating. But I think the one thing that we can agree on watching this movie is, other besides the fact that it's dense, it is also razor sharp. It has mm. such brilliant dialogue there are so many wonderful little turns of phrase Mm -hmm. and and moments that kind of this is the kind of 
movie. I mean, I'm, I'm as a writer, like I wish I could write. Yeah, it's at very this tight. Level. Yeah, no space is wasted. They're just, the jokes are shoved yeah. in every cranny. Every Tom, Dick, and cranny has a joke. <laughs> just kind of, and and it works as well. It doesn't feel. It never feels forced. Mm. And even when there's like there are occasional moments where. I hear a line of dialogue and I think that feels a little flat. Mm-hmm. Like I forget which character it was was telling um who's the one in all black? Was that Miss Scarlet? White. Miss White. You trap men like a spider with flies and she says flies are where men are most vulnerable. Yeah. And the setup I've thought that's a little that's a little weak, but then the punchline yeah, yeah, yeah. justifies yeah. that. The key thing for me about this movie is how they take what should be a really stupid idea, like, let's take Clue, a board game, and build a movie around it. And I mean, the murder mystery genre already yeah. exists. The whole, like, we're trapped in a house, yeah. mousetrap style, like, that already exists. So to make something new out of it is challenging. Yeah. And to do that from the perspective of, this is a board game, yeah. and there are elements that we have to include that are kind of silly... Yeah. That's challenging. And to make that work yeah, as, as yeah. well as they did. Uh, they're even, I mean, the way that they incorporate the various weapons and the various locations and the secret passages that I, I have a vague recollection of being in the mm. board game. But Neither uh, of us have ever played the board game, I think. Yeah, I think that's the biggest so thing. <laughs> like, we've both played with Legos. We've both, you know, played Battleship. I assume I played Battleship. I played, I've only played Battleship in French. I've never played it in what English. Is, what is Battleship called in France? I don't actually no. Battleship. <laughs> I don't know, but when when you get it, <laughs> when you hit someone, uh, you say six A, and when you miss, you say a check. So what if your target is six A and it hits, and you go six A? There we go. Yeah, we got confusing. What a solid gag that was. Let's that was take great. a moment to just reflect on how great a joke that was. But like taking like taking elements of Clue and kind of retrofitting them mm-hmm. into that murder mystery formula is is re- that's that's a tricky thing to do and they do it so well they like at one point they even have a cat because because how many people have have been killed kind of changes throughout the movie yeah and so the you, body count yeah keeps rising uh and, and there's literally a point where a character says we're trying to figure out who you know who was killed with what where and it's like oh that's clue yeah that's, that's cluedo in a nutshell mm-hmm. and and kind of taking that and and making that work you know in the murder mystery genre which is the board game is already aping that to yeah i mean clue is a game for children about murder, murder. It. Yeah. so it's like how do we make this murder game a film that's also accessible to a younger audience this the film is rated pg but it's like 80s pg yes. so what i guess it would be kind of a pg-13 nowadays which means they would be allowed one fuck they'd be like use of the word i mean not like once. a sex <laughs> there's some stuff in this, this film, film would that definitely would not get a PG-13. yeah 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 because yeah. there's tobacco use there's tobacco the use ma- there's alcohol that's a hard r if it's tobacco yeah. use right yeah in the u.s yeah yeah we are running into the problem that we typically run into when a movie it's is so, so good. good, where it feels like we have spent, at this point, over a year honing a muscle that is built for dismantling and ridiculing movies that are bad, mm-hmm. which was, again, never the intent of the podcast. Wasn't it? I don't think it was. I feel like it was just, let's just watch. I think we knew going in that most of these films weren't going to be good. I had high expectations for Furby Island. I don't know about <laughs> you. So when we do hit something that is genuinely brilliant, 
I feel a little bit lost, but I also feel like some of it, like the Lego Movie episode. Yeah, is, I guess is this a, is the yeah. part where we talk about like what's in our heart. Yeah, I could just, I just want to like brag on all these actors that I love so much because yeah. these are some of the greatest comedic actors of that era. I mean, a lot of them are still around and still yeah. acting. I'd but forgotten Christopher Lloyd was. I'd I had totally forgotten, forgotten, forgotten that movie. as well. I knew Madeline Kahn and Tim Curry for sure were in this. Yeah, but there were a lot of people that I recognized, like, um, oh, what was his name? Colonel Mustard. I don't remember the actor's I, name. I'm blanking on his name. But I, I, he, I recognized him because yeah. he was Mr. Kraft and Sabrina yeah, the Teenage Witch. That's the first time I think I saw him. And he's also <laughs> yeah. Jean Parmesan in Arrested Development. Mm. And he, uh, yeah, there's so many wonderfully talented. Like, this was 85. Like, this one came out the same year as Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. So Christopher Lloyd is kind of, it's kind of crystallized Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Crystallized Christi- Lloyd, if you will. Yeah. Because, like, I watched that film, Back to the Future, so much as mm-hmm. a kid that that's the version of Christopher Lloyd that lives in my head. He lives in my head and he tells me what to do and yells obscenities at me in my sleep and uh, has told me to do some terrible things. But th- that this is what he looks like. Uh, and it, it's delightful. You have all of these wonderful comedic actors all at the top of their game. And they're clearly having a good time. Yeah. Although I did, reading the Wikipedia uh, entry... The first choice for Wadsworth, an actor whose name I cannot remember, he passed away before filming commenced. Oh. The second choice was actually Rowan Do Atkinson. Do we think he was murdered? Yeah, definitely he was murdered. He was murdered by Mr. Body. But uh, the second choice was Rowan Atkinson. Oh, that would have been so weird. Yeah, he of Blackadder and Mr. Bean fame. But this was... I think it would um, have been weird for me to hear him speaking. Yeah. I think that would have been the weirdest part. Yeah. I think if Wikipedia is to be, be believed, the reason Atkinson wasn't cast is because he wasn't a big enough deal yet. Like, he, he mm. wasn't he was an unknown. So they went with Tim Curry, who most people know from seeing his legs in, in Rocky Horror. I know I him from Puppet, Muppet Treasure, Treasure Island. Island. Again, yeah, I know so all of these readable. people from yeah. the Muppets. Yeah. It is basically, it's like a who's who of, of Muppet media. It really is. And yeah. I think that's why I was excited to watch this. And that's why I was excited to see these these actors. Yeah. I just like seeing professionals do what they do to the best of their ability. And just like feeling that energy coming off the screen. I yeah. feel like so many of these movies either have shitty actors or good actors who are like, how the fuck did I get myself in this position? Yeah. And are trying to act their way out of the movie. But this was people just like at the top of their game. Like, yeah. It's doing not what a... they do, like being the most themselves in a way. Yeah, and, like, it's it's not like um, it's not a Super Mario Brothers situation where they were lured <laughs> in with a good screenplay and then forced to film a bad they one. They weren't drinking to forget at the end yeah. of every workday, I don't think. This film did not kill anyone, no. to the best well, of my knowledge. Well, I mean... Except Mr. Body. <laughs> Mr. Body. <laughs> the irony is no one died as a result of their involvement in Clue. Yeah. Uh, they did as a result of their involvement in Super Mario Brothers. I, I, I really cannot stress enough just how just how small this film feels because it all happens inside of that house in the house it's like a bottle episode yeah that's an hour and a half two hours long. yeah it's a it's, it's a, a play it's a play, it's a play. Yeah. and i feel like that's the kind of film that I, that kind of film i think got made a lot up in the early the in the, yeah in the early days of cinema where yeah. they were like we have this new medium and you kind of model it after the old medium that yeah. was similar and then you know film and television kind of finally became their own thing and people started to realize there are things you can do with film and television that you can't do in a stage play. Yeah. It's it's 80s cinema doing 50s cinema yeah, in a way. Yeah, exactly. And I think maybe that was intentional because it yeah. was set in the 50s. Yeah. One of the things that I mentioned to you again before we started recording is the fact that they are doing a remake mm-hmm. and that it is, it's Ryan Reynolds and the writers of Deadpool and its sequel 
who are making it. And apparently it's going to be like a worldwide uh, mystery with a kind of action-adventure element. I'm struggling to imagine that. Uh, I mean, a big part of me feels like, just instinctively, that is the wrong direction to go in with it, because it makes... Clue is, even as a board game, it's here's the house, here's the enclosed, like, mm-hmm. figure it's this... Contained. Figure it itself yeah. contained. But I also felt the same way about Jumanji, when they did the second yeah, Jumanji Yeah, we were movie. all very dubious about Welcome to yeah. the Jungle, and that actually ended up being a really good movie. Or at the very least, a really fun movie that was, I would say, just as good as the original, in a different way. Yeah, I, th- I would say that I have watched... And there's, there aren't many movies I can say this about, but I've watched Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle as much in the two years since it came out... As you've watched the original As I Jumanji. would have watched the original during that time frame as a kid. Like, it's one of those movies... It's become one of those movies like Galaxy Quest, like mm. uh, like The Princess Bride, like the original Jumanji that I just put on when yeah, I Yeah, it's a, a comforting yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. I think we're not talking about Clue anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but Welcome to the Jungle gives that same feeling of like surprise and delight yeah. like, that I imagine audiences would have had going into Juma- the original Jumanji for the first yeah. time of like I don't really have a sense of what to expect but whatever I was expecting this surpasses that well Juma- the first Jumanji also came out at a point when those kinds of visual effects were, were still totally new yeah were still shocking yeah. like you could be surprised by a herd of rhino coming through your living yeah, room or CG monkeys trashing your kitchen which yeah. by the way does not hold up in high definition no and I think that the way the the second Jumanji kind of created those same surprises was in the casting, With the, character the characters yeah, and the character exactly. choices and the story beats. And I worry that again, like as what Ryan Reynolds plans to do with Clue, like he mm-hmm. will have his way with Clue and it will either be good or it will not be good. And that is the most trite sentence I've ever said on this or any other podcast. It will either be good or it will be bad. Or one or the other. Yeah. I like, think there's no middle ground. There's no gray space. It's difficult for us to go into this, seeing as neither of us has played Clue, to say definitively what is the spirit of Clue and how yeah. did we don't have a canon to know what misses the mark and what yeah. hits the mark. What Really what has happened is we've not allowed the spirit of Clue into <laughs> our hearts, which means that we will obviously be visited by three Three ghosts. ghosts. Uh, the, the, Three alternate ghosts. Yeah, the, the ghost of uh, Clue Past, the ghost of Clue Present, and the ghost of Clue Yet to Come. And then we have to be visited by their British counterparts, you know, the Cluedo ones. The Cluedo ones, one. yeah. so that's six. Yeah, that's just too, that's too many ghosts in one. Like, can we spread that out over... Well, the British ones will visit us in the probably the early to mid-afternoon. The time difference. <laughs> so it's like an all-day thing. It's a whole you day. you got to clear your whole schedule for, yeah, this, it's just, for this haunting. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an ordeal. But... The weird thing about this movie, and it, it, I think this is the first movie we've watched where I've felt this, I want to play Clue. Like, I want to play yeah, Clue right now. It makes you want to play the game. Yeah. In a or way- at least to understand. Yeah. I think because I because I have no experience with Clue the game. Yeah, I I, I want to, I want to I want to play it. I want to I want to have the ex- have that experience of oh pff, let's let's do this. Let's roll those dice. Let's figure out who murdered who. Um, Which is kind of what we do in D and D every yeah. week. D- what is D and D if not Clue, but with more secret passages? <laughs> On a bigger scale, yeah, it's a yeah. bigger scale Clue. And the killer is Clue. The uh, killer is us. Yes, the killer is generally is, speaking is, is the group with the swords in the dungeon <laughs> every time, hundred percent of the time. I want to play Clue, and I haven't had that experience of seeing a movie about a thing that I then immediately want to play with the thing since mm-hmm. I was a kid. Oddly, like honestly. 
like I remember wanting a talk boy and then having a talk boy. I remember wanting a Buzz Lightyear action figure and then getting one five years later. <laughs> I I used to dream about wanting like ha- getting a Buzz Lightyear and then waking up and, and being like no being disappointed oh. that oh that was a dream. That was a recurring thing that for many years. used to happen to me. I would dream about getting a pet cat for years since I was in kindergarten. Yeah. We did get a cat eventually, but yeah. it wasn't an intentional cat. It was like a shows up on your doorstep and you accidentally fed it kind of cat. Every, I think everyone has everyone who's ever had cats has that kind of cat yeah. at some point. We had several. When I was a kid, we had two cats, Holly um and Go Lightly. Uh, no, <laughs> Holly and Baby, and Holly got Baby pregnant, and then there was a litter of kittens. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny to me. Say it again. Holly got Baby pregnant. <laughs> I'm just imagining Baby. When you say Baby, I'm imagining like Baby Spice. <laughs> and she's, a got, cat. she's had kids, right? I don't know. I don't keep up with that. Do I don't keep up. Touch? I don't care about anyone but sporty. Oh, for for reasons that are made very clear to regular listeners of the podcast. Let's get back to Clue. I think perhaps the reason that you are responding to this movie in the sense that you want to play the game is because Clue is a game that's like an all ages yeah game. Not to say that something like Battleship wouldn't have been an all, but let's, let's just discount Battleship. Watching battle the Battleship movie made me never want to play any board game ever again. Yeah, it because... made me kind of regret being born. Yeah, it, Battleship made me welcome Armageddon. Ugh. It made me want us dead. Because if this is... If there had been a three alternate endings to, to Battleship and one of them had been the aliens win and we all die, you would have been content with that. Because that is those what we deserve. On. Yeah. We have strayed far from the light of God. Um, <laughs> the fun and, to a certain extent, whimsy... The whimsical murder. Yeah, we, everyone loves like the, the point. The point in the movie where the uh, the the guy whose car broke down is dead, uh-huh. and they just kind of walk in, and then they leave the room and they're again. Like, yep. And then they they find Yvette's body, and they walk and they're in. Just like, yep. And then they leave, the, and then the cop like that. The point. <laughs> I where think you, when they get to the sixth body, they're like, "This is starting to get serious." Yeah, it, it's when it's it. They get worn down by the murders to the point where it's no longer shocking to them. Is that how Clue works? No. Do I, people, do multiple people die over the course of Clue? No, as, as far as I'm aware... I don't have an understanding of the mechanics, so tell me. As far as I'm aware, there's one person who dies, and that's Mr. Body, mm-hmm. hence the name. And then there are cards for rooms, mm-hmm. weapons, and individuals, because all of the players are... Are a character. Know, yeah. And they're shuffled, and then one of each card is put into the envelope, which is that's that's who the killer is. And you have to go into rooms and find clues, clues. To, to reduce, like, to deduce which cards are left, which are yeah. most likely to be the ones in the envelope. Which led to the story that I think the McElroys have shared on My Brother, My Brother and Me, of their dad guessing at the start of the game yeah. who had, who was the killer, where, and with what, and he was 100% correct. Just the once or, like, every time? At that least would once. Be impressive. Like, it's been some, it's something that they've mentioned on the podcast Several times. That's very impressive. Yeah. I've never so it's done... like a monk sort of situation yeah. where you know from the get-go. You know from the gecko when, when the... When the, the gecko whispers into your ear who yeah. the murderer is. And then also lets you know that, you know, you if you 15 save... minutes can save you 15% or more <laughs> on your car insurance. insurance. Yeah, it's really... He's, he's kind of... He's, he, he's he a capitalist he... at heart, but he does want to help you out. Yeah. Well, communism was, was always a red herring. Yes. So that is one of a number of kind of lines that a is repeated in all three of the Mm -hmm. endings but b 
I don't think it's like it's it, the communism is a red herring in this movie. I think it's just a, it was a red herring, a red her, red herring, a red herring yes. in just, the fifties. Yeah, it's just at that it's a time commentary. period. It's yeah. smart and funny. It's a yeah. communism terry. Yes, I tried with the communism terry. I tried with the portmanteau. Communitarianism. No, that sounds too close to terrorism. Ugh. What a visceral reaction you had to that joke. Well, I was thinking about. It sounds like vegetarianism, so it's communitarianism where you only eat communists. <laughs> communitarianism. Yeah. I love communists, but I couldn't eat a whole one. <laughs> uh, Clue. Yeah. It's a good film. It is good. It's, it's razor sharp, and yeah, it's the kind of movie that they 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 don't make anymore. I think in part because I feel like it did so poorly. Well, at I mean, the there is box that. Office. That is. Almost certainly a contributing factor, but also the marketing. Like again, mm. you, as you pointed out, when you look it up on Google, it's listed as a a drama, drama mystery. mystery, which it really mm, it's hardly even a mystery because as you're watching, or at least as I was watching, maybe this is just the way that I watch movies. I wasn't really one, even though I had forgotten, yeah. I wasn't really wondering how these things were happening. Yeah, I was just watching for the giggles. Yeah, I I the, I think there is definitely a a solvable mystery element to this movie, but because the mystery was set up with the intention of having, at the time, four separate mm-hmm. endings, there's a fourth ending that they ended up cutting and not using, in which Wadsworth did it, did everything. Uh, and then he makes an escape in a stolen cop car and then gets caught. And it's it's outlined in the Wikipedia entry. And there was did a, they, they shot it, but they didn't release it? Or they didn't shoot it? I think they know? shot it and then didn't release okay. it. I didn't. I just read Wikipedia, so I'm not an expert. I thought you were the expert. I'm a partial expert. Who's driving this podcast? <laughs> Bear is driving. How can this be? My feeling because the mystery was never designed to have like a definitive mm, solution. It's, there's not really a way to trace a through line. Yeah, I mean, you can you can each one of the three endings that found it, you know, that ended up being used has ingredients. It's mm-hmm. kind of like. Um, uh, I don't know if you ever saw Hot Fuzz. No. It was the film that Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg did after Shaun of the Dead. And there's... Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Hot Fuzz, but do go see Hot Fuzz because it is an amazing movie. Skip ahead about 30 or so seconds if you haven't seen it yet. But Simon Pegg's characters, what he deduces as the reasons for everyone's deaths, all work. But also the actual reasons are a little bit simpler, but also all work. Mm. Like it's It's too perfectly plausible and logical motives for how those character characters in that movie get murdered and in that one it's set up as kind of a almost a joke but also this is the situation that, that he has to deal with now but in this it's definitely it's set up specifically because they were showing different endings yeah in they needed something that was kind of all purpose in the way that they yeah. were setting things up so a lot of things came up that well, there were some things that came up that were paid off in, in one ending, but not in another, yeah. or in two of the endings, but not in the third. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that was really paid off in all three endings was the communism is a red herring. Yeah, that's joke. definitely the thing that they said three times. Yeah. I mean, the one the one thing that does come out is everyone turn out your pockets, whoever's the killer still has the gun. Yeah. But the, a different person has the gun in every ending. Mm-hmm. I mean, it must have been very difficult to do, like, coming up with... The, you know, coming up with and writing and then in terms, shooting. Yeah, in terms of structuring the story, stru- just structuring the story at all, not even trying to make it funny, not even worrying about the dialogue, which is kind of uh, this is a very dialogue heavy film. Yeah, and that's where most of the comedy comes from. Yeah, is that kind of 
I think that was kind of a style, like a subgenre of comedy at that time, like the late seventies, early to mid eighties, Mel Brooks kind of yeah. like that whole That was kind of very dialogue. Movement. Yeah. Yeah, dialogue and character heavy. I think Whereas a lot of quips and like that sort of thing. I think it's interesting because I think like as in terms of transitional movies at a kind of a transitional period from character heavy, dialogue heavy movies like Clue to stuff now that is kind of big story bombastic mm-hmm. may still be a comedy but definitely focuses more on the visuals is probably Ghostbusters because mm. Ghostbusters have a, has a lot of brilliant little character moments and turns of phrase and is a, a very 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 quotable in terms of dialogue very sharp dialogue you know I still think of quotes like you know no no human can stack books like this and yes it's true this man has no dick and little lines in Ghostbusters that feel like the kind of movie Clue yeah. is, but then you still have them, you know, busting ghosts on yeah. account of the fact that busting makes them feel good. Um, and that 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 really is, I think, as much as I enjoyed the 2016 Ghostbusters, and I did enjoy it, but I think that's the thing that the 2016 Ghostbusters missed is that is this is is more of what Clue was, mm. where the kind of character turns of phrase weren't there. Am I articulating my point in any way, shape, or form? No, I think that it's just a different. You know, that what, 20 years later that yeah. the second Ghostbusters... It's just a different style. Yeah. It's just a different style of comedy that audiences are accustomed to nowadays. Yeah. I think there's just as culturally we're attuned to to different types of comedy, yeah. different, different pacing now that we yeah. expect from different comedic pacing and just different story pacing that we expect as an audience. But I think we also, a lot of that has changed. I think we also expect bigger, mm-hmm. which is, I think, why... Ryan Reynolds' gut instinct for the Clue reboot to go is big international yeah. mystery, which just feels antithetical to what Clue is. What Clue is, both as a board game and in terms of this this movie. So we're gonna discuss a film that doesn't exist yeah. yet and tell you our opinions I'm, on it. I'm concerned about something I read about on Wikipedia half an hour ago. It That's, was like the it was like yeah. half of a sentence that you yeah. read, and now we're gonna spend the next twenty to thirty minutes talking. No, the one thing I do want to talk about is the structure of this movie, because I do think it has a lull. I think the weak point of this movie, the point of this movie that doesn't quite hold together under scrutiny. I think is the scene where they're all splitting up. Mm. Because that's the point in the movie where I feel like, okay, if I were just watching this on television, this is when I go into the kitchen and, and get make myself a sandwich. A, you make a yeah. sandwich, get a drink, and I can kind of half listen to it from the other room. Because Not a lot happens. Yeah. It doesn't really advance the plot other than just being a thing that happens where stuff can happen. You yeah. know, where stuff for for the payoff at the end can happen and anything is plausible. Yeah, and, and you have some interesting character pairings as well. Like, you have Yvette paired with... Um, Yvette. You got Yvette. Do you want to correct me on that one? Yvette. Yvette? Okay, you got Yvette, and you've got... Um, Yvette. And you've got... Uh, you got was Yvette. it Mr. Green? Yeah, Mr. Green is yeah. the gay one. Yeah, and the, the, for starters, I mean, the joke when they're talking about who's going to go with Yvette is hilarious. With and the, who? Whenever, Let's not do this. Please don't do this. <laughs> There's to nothing me. I love more than correcting your grammar and pronunciation, cool. and you know this. Cool, cool. I'm gonna let it go, but just know that I'm gonna giggle okay, every brilliant. time. And she's asking who's gonna go with, and all the guys are like, "I will, I will." And then Mr. Green's like, "I'm." Uh, no thanks. Mr. Green's good out here. Yeah. <laughs> and then he ends up. He's the one who ends up getting paired with her. And there's some of the character pairings in that splitting up sequence are interesting and they almost never do anything yeah they could have done something really fun when had some character moments but it's just people going from room to room 
being yeah. scared and having like having little kind of generic one-off gags yeah but nothing that's coming from the character tension yeah. that whole sequence exists solely to push the narrative forward mm-hmm. that's how they discover the secret passages that's when they find the it's like a narrative you know, laxative yeah it's and it's not funny it's not especially funny that is when the film stops being what makes this film mm-hmm. so vibrant and enjoyable to me this is what i think i think the the, the clue battleship scale is the best scale to use for board games but i also think that for that reason because of that second act lull clue is weaker than the lego movie mm-hmm. because the lego movie never lets up clue is as high as the game scale goes in so far as we are aware yeah i'm sure that there is something that's better than clue we, certainly i think there, there must be there are unobserved particles in the yes. universe <laughs> that, that means there's theoretically something that's better than the lego movie i would argue i would make a strong case maybe for the lego batman movie mm-hmm. but i still you know i i feel like the lego movie is kind of you know, Playmobil may yet surprise us. <laughs> you know? You um, never know. It could happen. But, yeah, like, for my money, Clue, despite that second act lull, is still so sharp and fun mm-hmm. and is, is all, it's just this perfect lasagna of <laughs> just the, the right ingredients. The writing is so sharp. The way, the, the direction that the, the way that shots are framed, the cast is so good. Every layer of this lasagna mm-hmm. is perfect. And I think maybe this, the smallness of the scope of the production yeah. is part of what made that possible. Like a like a little amuse-bouche yeah. where every single ingredient is perfect, but you wouldn't... You don't need a lot of it because it is perfect. So, yeah. like, this, I think the scale of this movie is, is ideal for what it is. Yeah. So that's why I'm also struggling to imagine... Taking it bigger, or like why you would want to make that decision, yeah, or where what you could possibly do with it that would still keep the spirit of trying to solve a mystery in an old creepy house, yeah, and someone's dead, but also it's a international caper, you know, those are two different things. I don't need that. I don't have a need for that take on the material because for me that's not what the material is, and I I would also argue that. I think there's a difference between being dogmatic about what something should be mm-hmm. and being too wide in an interpretation of what that material yeah. can be. Because there are people who got dogmatic again about to, to, to talk about Jumanji. People who got dogmatic about the second Jumanji movie when we were just getting trailers and like mm-hmm. Instagram photos from Karen Gillan and so on. And there were people who were seeing the way Karen Gillan was dressed with no context and going, well, this film's going to be terrible because you can, you know, she's, her legs are showing, you can see her midriff. And the movie deliberately lampshades mm-hmm. that. It's kind of a have you cake and eat it too thing because they are making fun of that kind of Lara Croft archetype whilst also having someone... Having be, that person be there yeah. and look that way the whole film. For the whole film, which as as someone who appreciates the female form, I'm not going to lie, I did like that, but I don't have any way to finish that sentence. <laughs> I don't think there's any way <laughs> well, to I'm redeem myself. I'm just thinking myself. back to when we watched Lara Croft and how disappointed we were that we weren't more titillated than we yeah. were of like, I'm so tired of midriffs, tired of midriffs, tired of midriffs. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> but then, but but Karen Gillan has has a great midriff. Yeah, <laughs> she should be Lara Croft. <laughs> I don't know what I'm, what point I think I'm trying to make. Here, I would but... watch that if if all you are is the midriff. I tire of that. But it's nice to like also have. It's nice to acknowledge midriff. that it exists. Yeah, it's just just to know 
That it, like, have something but also have midriff. Yeah. But it doesn't matter to me, because I know the midriff is there, it's even that, when you don't see it's it. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. Little secret, the midriff is there the entire time. It's been there the whole time. My yeah. midriff has been here the whole time. Kevin Hart's midriff is under that Boy Scout uniform or whatever. Yeah, all the it's time. Just under there. So, yeah, I, I, I think that the, the middle of this movie definitely, it's a, it's kind of a hammock situation. And I think in, in doing the research that I, research, <laughs> that I, <laughs> in doing the cursory Googling that I did before watching this film, that did seem to be the universal criticism that it faced when it, when this film first yeah. came out, is that it does, there is like a bit of a lull in the middle. Yeah. Like there's a sense of they don't know how to keep that energy up. Yeah, well, the, I think part of what makes that energy work so much in the first and third act is you have, again, this amazing cast with this dialogue that really pops, mm-hmm. and you have them all in the room together kind of acting and reacting. You can't see his Italian hands, but Ben is making Yeah, like, I'm doing like, like you know... Nah, nah. I wasn't making that sound, but okay. No, but um, let's just imagine that, that was if the you... gist. <laughs> if, you make, if you do the hand motions enough, that sound will eventually nah, nah, nah. Come It doesn't out. come out of your mouth. It's yeah. like your whole body just resonates. That's like, why it's called mm. Cluedo in Europe. It's like, hey, it's a Cluedo! Cluedo. Uh, horrible, horrible people. Um, I love Italians. Yeah, they're great. But I think that, I don't know, just from a writing perspective, like, if Paramount were to say to me, hey, here's the script, how do you punch up the middle The act? middle part. I don't know what could be done, because you have, you've established this brilliant cast who are all kind of reacting to each other. And when you split the, it's Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. When you split the group, split the party, it's weaker because we don't have the kind of madcap zaniness. Because yeah. I, especially in that scene, everyone is very trepidatious. So there's a lot of like uh, 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 moving forward, very like it slows down the story because the characters themselves are slowing down and being extremely cautious. Yeah, and it just kind of goes on for a while. It it kind of puts the brakes we, on things. We need we needed in that mix a character or in each pairing even a character that was willing to like move forward and make stuff happen. Yeah. Like there's that scene where Yvette and Mr. Green are standing at the bottom of the staircase. <laughs> Where um, Mr. Green and Ben's vet is standing (laughs) at the bottom of the staircase and they're both like, okay, you go first. And they just like stand there. And that's kind of what the scene feels like. But again, we're having to get in in the way that we have to get really, really nitpicky with this stuff where it's it's so much better than the than our usual fare. Yeah, it's easy to nitpick. You know, Battleship or Furby Island. That's because the nits are the size of fucking asteroids. Yeah. So it's like, nah. We're trying to pick plot off of the ex- out- exterior <laughs> chitin of these nits. <laughs> but it, with this movie, we are, we kind of have to we have to dig deep to look for real problems. And, and we really have to get- dig deep within ourselves and ask, what is wrong with me that is being reflected in this movie when I yeah. see it? And how can I fix that problem in myself? Definitely I'll be bringing this up with my therapist when I have my session <laughs> in a couple of weeks. But I do feel like... I feel like the middle part of me moves a little slowly. <laughs> I feel like it drags. I feel like it drags and there yeah. aren't enough character interactions. Not enough jokes yeah, in the middle I need, part we, of I need me. to punch up the middle part of me. I need punch to up the punch ben. up... Uh, I need a script doctor for my life. <laughs> I need a script a spiritual script <laughs> yeah that's really the only I told the script doctor I was in love with you dun, 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 dun. so the question I think becomes we know that Clue is good we know it sags in the middle I don't know what could be done to salvage the middle sometimes you just got a saggy tummy 
Yeah. And Clue has a saggy tummy. Has a it's saggy natural. Tummy. Yeah. The film doesn't really wake up again until Wadsworth is like, I know who the killer is. And, and, starts, th- and starts literally yeah. running from room to room. Yeah. And we needed that kind of energy It's like a, it, It's like a defibrillator to the movie. Because it's just like, <laughs> boom, and suddenly we're running around. Yeah, it is. The music it is, changes. It does the tone. move a little slow and you don't have a sense of how close you are to the ending, to the revelation yeah. in the middle bit. And then suddenly it's like... Okay, yeah. now it's happening, and it's really obvious when that shift, when the break into three yeah. happens. I think that there's definitely a point in the second act where you can feel them trying the defibrillators, because I think hmm, they're just kind of walking around not doing much. Let's cut the power and kill three people, two, mm-hmm. two of whom we've not seen before. Let's just do that. The end. Like that. This is kind of what I was afraid would happen, was that we would we would be like, this movie is so great. And then yeah. we would watch it, and then afterwards we would be like, this movie could be better and there's a reason that yeah. it wasn't received well when it first came out there's a reason that like you said rotten tomatoes had like a 66 65 59 59 59 that's two that's 10 it had a little sh- a little green splat picture I, next see, to it. I don't think it deserves that but i do i, I mean i don't think i still think again best board game movie adaptation which mm-hmm. is a sentence that should not exist but here we are in this timeline. A lot of Candyland should not exist, the film. The cinematic experience. But I, here we but are. Candyland as a film existing makes more sense to me because it's purely for kids. It's just, here's a thing we did. It's based on a board game. It's got characters made of candy in it. What the fuck do you want from this? <laughs> Clue, by right, should not exist. And it does. And it is, for you know as much as 60 to 80% of it, a success. Mm-hmm. It's a strong movie. It just has a saggy tummy. Yeah, and there's nothing there's wrong. There's nothing wrong with, with a saggy tummy. tummy. I don't know what could be done to this movie to tweak to it. Tighten to, yeah, to tighten up the tummy. Yeah, give you a little tummy. What, cru- what kind of crunches can we do? Yeah, but I do know that I I genuinely enjoy this movie, and I do think it's its place at the top of the Clue Battleship scale mm-hmm. is, is rightly earned. Yeah. But there may yet be something better, and Ryan Reynolds may yet surprise us. Yeah, with I a mean, shockingly good adaptation it of... could happen i don't i don't want to shit on ryan reynolds not not or since really the last on, time yeah he really it didn't go well his, that he time he made his stance on that <laughs> as did his lawyers there's no way there's no way to know it's just it, i admit that i don't know a lot about clue i have not played it so when i talk yeah. about this the spirit of the game i don't know what i'm talking about so i'll own up to that yeah here we are. It's a good movie. I enjoy it. It's a good movie, and especially given our track record, it seems like the people who made this were having fun. They were yeah. having fun, and they they wanted to make something good, and, and I think they did. I, I think you know, for the majority of it, I think they 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 achieved their goal. And what more can you ask for? What indeed? A slightly stronger middle act. A little, yeah. Just just That's do some really crunches, it. Clue. Just do some crunches. <laughs> Do some Clue Crunches. Do some Clue Crunches. See, Clue Crunch sounds like a delicious cereal that I would eat. Mm. It's like you bite into the bits and like they're red on the inside. Like you're murdering every individual piece of cereal. Stays homicidal even in milk. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate. So, final verdict. Uh, Clue. I think on the Clue Battleship scale, this is a a solid Clue. Yeah, I I think it falls slightly short of Clue. (laughs) But it's close enough that we may as when well we call it Clue. The, when we made the scale, <laughs> our, our idealized version of Clue, I don't know that this—I don't know that this necessarily lives up to that. Yeah, but f- it's still the best of the game yeah. adaptation films that we've seen, board game or video game. Yeah, 
it does not live up to the idealized version of Clue that exists in our heads and our hearts, mm-hmm. but it is still Clue. And for that reason, that doesn't mean we should we stop striving to attain yeah. that. Because again, the flaws that we see in Clue are really a reflection of, yeah. of what's wrong with us. And the way to fix that relationship is to address what's going on exactly. inside. So we are doing another movie. Did we decide is, what the next film was? We have a list. I'm looking at it right now. It's a bad one. It's yeah. a very bad one. We're doing two threequels in a row. Two threequels. Do you remember the next one? No. Wait. Yeah. Tur. No. Teentle. Teentle. Meentle. Already? Meentle. It's so soon. Tootles. It's too soon for tootles. Teentle, meentle, neentle, threetles. Teentle, meentle, neentle, threetles. We're doing it. That's the next one. We did Ninja Turtles 2 as episode Recently. 29. So this is soon. Yeah, I mean, it's a sh- it's not as wide a gap between when we did the first and second movies. Mm-hmm. That was 20 episodes. This is 15 episodes. So it's going to get shorter and shorter yeah. until eventually this becomes a like, teen mental neen cast. Yeah, like like Kaiju Attack in uh, Pacific Rim, the gap between Ninja Turtles it's movies... It's getting shorter and shorter. ...shorter and shorter until we'll be issuing a podcast review of a Ninja Turtles movie every five to ten minutes. Until we explode. Yeah. I think I saw this movie in the theatres. I think I saw Ninja Turtles 3 in a cinema, or I saw a trailer for it on the front of Jurassic Park. Oh, so this came out... And this came out in 93? Yeah, it would have been I thought the then. first one came out in... Was this like a movie a year? They did 90 and then 91. I think, I don't think there was a gap. But this is the first Ninja Turtles movie that the Henson Company didn't work on. And you can tell because the heads are bad. Are bad? Yeah. I can't wait for this experience it's also, then. It's also my favorite type of media. My favorite type of movie is a time travel movie. Oh! And it's bad. Wait, what is the subtitle on this? There what isn't is the... one. It's just the third one? It's just Ninja Turtles 3. So you don't... Did the second one have a... Secret, Secret of the Use. Yeah. So this is... Eh. This one might have one, actually. Eh. But I don't we know We stopped it. caring. So that is our next episode. Well, I am not looking forward to it at all. No, I I think that's part of the fun of yeah. listening to us suffer. It's just yeah. feeling our palpable dread. In the meantime, that is pretty much the episode. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening to the show. If you enjoy the show, do please consider leaving a positive review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcast. Podcasts like ours, we're very small, we're independent, we're not part of a big network, and we don't do any advertising. We're we're an independent podcast that don't need no network. Exactly. So we survive and we thrive through word of mouth. If you like the show, please leave a positive review. Share us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Tumblr graffiti the side of a building in your neighborhood or in the neighborhood of one of your peers if you tell two friends and they tell two friends and they tell two friends you will go to jail because that's a lot of witnesses <laughs> so thank you uh, if you have already done that thank you so much if you're going to do that thank you if you're not going to do that hey that's fine i'll cry but it's fine he will uh, we also have a patreon which you can find at patreon.com slash the life toyetic there are a number of rewards exclusive content there's been a bit of a dry spell for the last couple of months uh, owing to life situations but my schedule has freed up significantly so i will definitely uh work to make sure that more stuff is available very very soon. like the video like the q a video <laughs> like finally finishing the editing on the digimon episode that we recorded and gave up on halfway through recording because we got so angry at the American Digimon Stuff movie. Stuff will be coming your way. We yeah. apologize for this lapse. Yeah, and uh, if you are a Patreon supporter, thank you for your time and your patience, but most importantly, I think your money. But yeah, the Life Toyetic, uh, patreon.com, the Life... Fuck. 
<laughs> Edit all of that out. No! Oh, no! My failures laid bare for all the world to see. So yeah, patreon.com slash thelifetoedic. As little as a dollar a month, you get access to bonus stuff. There are tiers. I'm not going to talk about those now. You've probably heard us talk about them in previous episodes. Ben talks about his tears nonstop. I do. So. I'm constantly crying. My therapist is very Just concerned. Weeps also, my eye doctor... So at various tiers, you get various rewards. For the $5 tier, you get a seasonal postcard. And at the $10 tier, you get a shout-out at the end of the episode. So our $10 tier supporters are, as always, Mazurf the Squid Dude, who is a dude who is also a squid. He's pretty squiddy. Very squid-like. We have at Hey It's Billy Rose, our personal favourite Australian. Yeah. Out of all the Australians we know. I, there are a lot of Australians that I hold near and dear to me, but Billy is right at the top. Definitely top three. Also, whenever she gets the postcard, she sends us a nice little video yeah. of her going to a mailbox. She's just, she we, she goes to the mailbox, but she never opens the card. So she might just put it in the trash directly <laughs> from getting it from her mailbox. We don't know. Yeah, send us photographic evidence of the postcard on your fridge or somewhere, Billy, if that is your with real a, name. With a current newspaper. Yeah, and uh, someone's severed ear. Just so, I don't even know who's here. Just, just, have to just throw it in there. Whoever you find. And then uh, Zach Lay, who, um, fun fact, was actually the original choice to play Mr. Green in the oh. movie. Um, but had to back out because Because he... He, in his contract, he was like, I'll only work with Rowan Atkinson yeah. if he's cast. And Which so... is why they tried to get Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. Uh, and then they ended up changing So that didn't, that's, that's why neither of them yeah. are in this. Well, hey, Zach, maybe you'll end up in the Ryan Reynolds version. Yeah, like fingers fun, crossed. Fun in-joke for people in the know about the behind-the-scenes stuff huge huge thank you to brian melblum for doing our theme tune the toyetic toe tapper which we love i tap my toes to it on the reg i've been thinking about this a lot i'm gonna make this my ringtone for when you call me which happens how often never i think i've called you three times over the course of our relationship and one time was while we were recording yes i think one of those other times was a butt dial Oops. I know that you've definitely called me with purpose because you were driving. Yes, that's the one time. We both prefer text messages. Yeah, I'm not um, so great with my mouth words, which is why I love doing podcasts yeah. in my spare time. We're really not qualified to be doing yeah. this. Uh, is that everything? I think so, unless cool. you have some event coming up. I'm doing stand-up in April, but I cannot remember exactly when that is. I may have already posted about it on Instagram. Go to my Instagram, uh, uh, instagram.com slash benpad, and you'll see all, whenever I announce something, it's generally there. Huge thank you to everyone who came out to Whose Line Is It Anime at WonderCon. We had a fantastic show, so uh, if you came out to that, thank you very much. And if you didn't come out, then that's your choice, and I respect your freedoms as a person. But I think that's that's us. Yeah. So where can people find you on social media? I am at Molly Alice Hoy. I don't post very much because I've been living most of my life in meat space these days, yeah. which has been nice and different. But I think that's it for now. Thank you so much for uh, listening to The Life to Edit with Ben and Molly. I have been Ben. I have been and still am Molly. And The Life to Edit comes with everything you see here. Washboard cinematic abs. <laughs> separately. I bet that's probably pretty nice yeah. too. No. <laughs> she likes her Kevin Hart. She's very... Oh, she doesn't like David. Are, are you angry that we're objectifying him? <laughs>